So, um, so I, I was thinking about this question, and I was thinking about it in light of like uh, teaching at Shelton. You know, one of the classes he said I taught was world religions. So, you know, I used to teach that face to face, and I'll be honest, I like face to face education. You know, uh, when you can actually talk to people after class and so forth. Whereas discussion boards, they go nowhere unless you like have to do it right. Um, and so, anyways, um, uh, it just was awesome to be able to talk with people because. Uh, after class, most of the kids, students in those classes didn't, um, they weren't Christians, a lot of them. Uh, some of them were there to just kind of antagonize the professing Christian teacher, you know, and uh, it, was, it was cool though. But by the end of the time, we got to talk and have some really awesome conversations, uh, gospel conversations. So um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an awesome place to be able to serve. And I see that as an opportunity for me as a pastor because I'm in the church all the time to be able to kind of connect with people who don't know Jesus, you know, and, and, and to uh, be a witness in those opportunities. So, you know, for me, a lot of times uh, sharing my faith is, is on campus there at Shelton. It used to be especially uh, when we we're in person. But I'm um, going to give you a couple of thoughts uh, to kind of tackle all of this, uh, you know, with this, with this caveat that, you know, sharing the gospel is, you know, no matter what someone believes, everybody has faith in something, Right. And to be honest with you, if it's not Jesus, it really doesn't matter what it is. Amen? Uh, I hope that's the way you think, because uh, whether or not our faith is, if we're, whether or not somebody believes in, you know, this force, oneness force, or, or whether it's uh, um, secularism, where they where, you know, people say, oh, I, don't, I don't believe in God, or whatever, um, or maybe it's um, uh, Buddhism, uh, maybe it's Islam, whatever it may be, uh, somebody, there, there's... They're different faiths, no doubt, and there, there's benefit to being able to kind of speak their language, right, and be able to talk to them, knowing what, how they understand words, you know what I mean? Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the biggest problem we have um, is that we're not sharing the gospel enough, right? Uh, let's be honest, like we're, we're not being the witness we ought to be and stepping into those opportunities that we have to, to be a witness, uh, and um, we don't need to worry about, hey, what a you know, have a, do I have a studied Buddhism enough to talk to this person? You know, like just share the gospel and believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to work in that moment, right? And he's he's sufficient and able to help you in that moment. Uh, so, I think uh, I'm I'm kind of say, saying that to say I'm going to share a lot a lot of things with you about this. But um, you know, here's here's my basic premise, right? Basic premise for the night. I'm going to share a couple thoughts about this and then move you to a passage of scripture. Because I'm a preacher, I like to preach passages and just kind of stay in the text a little bit. So, so uh, uh, basic premise is this. All religions are not the same. Um, as Christians, we do not believe that every truth claim is equal. So all religions are not the same. As Christians, we do not believe that every truth claim is equal. We are exclusivists. In that, we believe there are wrong beliefs and right beliefs. Wrongness and rightness for Christians is determined by what Scripture says, not how devoted people are. Does that make sense? Uh, people can be passionately wrong, that's what I'm saying, right? So, <clears throat> I'm going to break that down just a little bit. I'm going to walk you through this, and then I'm going to um, shift gears a little bit and, and move to 1 John chapter 4 for just a couple of seconds, okay? So, all religions are not the same. All religions are not the same. Christians do not believe uh, every truth claim is equal. Uh, we can talk about kind of truth and 
go into what is, uh, how, how is truth to be understood. Uh, there's tons of different, different definitions of truth that we, we could talk about. Uh, but <clears throat> suffice to say, all religions are not the same. They're, they're not like equally valid. We, we, we as Christians believe that uh, there's absolute truth. Uh, there is uh, things that are true. And if you don't believe them, then, and you don't know Jesus by believing and trusting in who He is and what He did, then uh, you don't go to heaven. And it, it's, uh, uh, and more importantly, you don't have the joy of knowing Jesus and, and have a right relationship with God. So uh, I'll give you an illustration. Just uh, You've probably heard this before, the blind man and the elephant. You ever heard that before? Uh, where the one holding the trunk says, the creature, this creature, he's blind, right? He doesn't see it. So it's long and flexible like a snake. He's holding the trunk. The second blind man says, no, it's, it's thick and round like a tree trunk because he's holding on to perhaps the leg. Of the elephant, the third blind guy says, "No, it's it's large and flat." He's touching the elephant's side, right? <clears throat> the argument, when somebody offers that illustration, they typically say each blind man could feel only part of the elephant; none could envision the whole elephant. Thus, each religion has a grasp on part of the truth about spiritual reality, but none can see the whole elephant or claim to have comprehensive uh, a comprehensive view of truth. Does that make sense? You've heard this illustration before? Yes? It's the participation part. All you have to do is nod your head. Uh, good. Okay, some of you have heard that before. Here, here's the problem. I just want to, the response that I have to that, because I do believe that one religion is supreme above every other. And I don't hesitate to tell people that. You know, every person who believes something believes that what they believe is right, right? You may be a person who believes everybody's right. Well, that's what you believe. And to not believe that is excluding, right? Uh, and so it's, <clears throat> this is the thought. The story is told from the point of view of someone who is not blind, right? You have to be not blind to be able to kind of navigate the story, right? Uh, how could you know that each blind man only sees part of the elephant unless you claim to be able to see the whole elephant? Uh, thus, how could you possibly know that no religion can uh, see the whole truth unless you yourself have the superior comprehensive knowledge of spiritual reality which you just claimed uh, no religions have. So, um, suffice to say, I, I don't think that there's, there's a few different ways that people kind of say, well, all religions are true and all, all religions basically have, a, have a, some kind of equally value. And, uh, Christians don't believe that. We, we, we do believe that there is truth and it's been revealed to us in Scripture and that Jesus is who He said He is. He died, was buried, and rose again. And if you believe those things, if you believe rightly about who Jesus is and what He did, uh, and, and you repent of your sin, you can know God and you can have a relationship with God. But apart from that, you cannot. Does that make sense? If the, so, um, we're exclusivists in, in that we believe that there are wrong beliefs and right beliefs. Tim Keller said it this way. He said, it is no more narrow to claim that one religion is right than to claim that one way to think about all religions, namely that they're equal, is right. So we're all exclusivists in our, in our own beliefs about religion, but we're just exclusivists in different ways. And I think he's right. Any religion that, and, and I say religion, how many of you guys know what to say when someone says, oh, he said it's, we're Christians a religion. We know it's not a religion, right? Yes. Yes. It's a relationship, not religion. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, what was the, oh, this one guy that wrote a book and 
made a lot of money off of that, this, this uh, uh, you know, saying under religion. Well, here's the reality. Like, everybody, see, everybody in the academic world sees Christianity as a religion, okay? Uh, we can, I know what you're saying, that it's not a, work, a way to work yourself into right relationship with God. It's different in that way, right? It is grace. It's not works, right? I'm, I'm with you. Wholly agree with you. But I'm, I call it a religion because of this. I define a religion as something that answers the ultimate questions of life. Make sense? So I would say, for example, an atheist is, is, has a religion called secularism. That make sense? Um, and so uh, I want to give a clarity on that because some of you are like, man, he's such an idiot. He doesn't know that Christianity is not even a religion. Um, anyways, uh, any religion that makes any truth claim makes that religion exclusivist. Um, so <clears throat> anyone who's not a follower of Jesus has a faith in something. And so uh, there is something that we are... There's always that weird moment, right? Um, hopefully you've shared the gospel enough to where you've had a moment or two where you were like, I've got to kind of tell this person that what they're believing about this is wrong. You ever been there before? Yeah, a couple of you. Um, you've ever come to a place where you say, you know what, like, what this person's believing is not, not true uh, about Jesus or, uh, or the Bible or, or whatever, and it's impacting what they fundamentally believe. And it's significant because it, it has to do with those things that are saving, saving things, right? Like, like what you have to, kind of like those non-negotiables that are sort of understood things you, that you must believe to, to, uh, to, to have a right relationship with God, right? Uh, what the Bible clearly teaches about Jesus, right? He's God and man. Make sense? If you say he's not that, then you're... You're not believing in Christianity, right? Uh, orthodoxy. So, uh, so anyways, um, wrongness and rightness are determined by Scripture. So uh, not a person's level of devotion. What I mean by that is simply Scripture is the authority, right? Uh, scripture testifies that it is complete in what it reveals and the standard and final authority on all matters of doctrine, faith, and practice. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. Anybody can quote that verse? All Scripture is? Yes. Very good, very good. All Scripture, not some, all of it. All Scripture inspired by God. God breathed literally from the mouth of God. It comes and is profitable for those things. Teaching, uh, correcting, reproof, training in righteousness, these things. Second uh, Peter tells us about inspiration. It says, uh, but know, know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Make sense? So the Bible, inspired by God, it is true in everything it teaches. Uh, and so uh, when, we, when we talk about wrongness and rightness about belief, we measure it with this, right? It, does it align with what Scripture teaches us? Uh, so that's our, that's our authority. That's our kind of, uh, you know, it is the foundation for us and how we understand truth and so forth. Uh, uh, I, um, <clears throat> I want to walk you through 1 John for just a couple of seconds. That's kind of my just basic thought uh, that we sort of have to get to. The Re- reason why I said all of that is this. Um, because I've had many times where for a second or two, I, I kind of like, I was sharing the gospel with somebody and I was, I was, gonna, I was basically going to have to have a little bit of a hard conversation because I knew they didn't believe what the Bible clearly taught. And if I don't believe what Scripture says is true, 
then what am I doing? Like, wh- why am I going to tell this person, uh, you know, uh, about, um, you know, but, but I have to remind myself, this is, this is not me. This is the scripture, right? This is the authority that I have comes from Jesus and his word. And so um, I'm just simply telling you what Jesus says and what the Bible says uh, is what God says. Does that make sense? And, and then I, and, and I don't know if you, you, y'all may be super Christians, you never have any struggles in witnessing, um, but I do. And uh, there's been some moments where I had to remind myself, like, dude, the Bible is true. It's right. Everything it teaches. To disbelieve or disobey the Bible is to disbelieve or disobey God. Right? And so, um, so anyways, I, had to, I have to remind myself of that occasionally at, at times. There are some times I'm talking to a lost person or someone who believes whatever, and, uh, and it sounds pretty convincing at times. You know, I mean, like, well, that's, that's an interesting thought. I didn't really even thought about that that way. Um, uh, but what does the Bible say? You know what I mean? And, and I, I have to... I have to continually renew my mind, right, with the Word and, uh, and be able to share truth in that moment uh, to encourage them. Uh, <clears throat> so, let's talk from 1 John 4, 9 through 10 for just a little bit. And then I'll, I'm going to be, I'll finish up after that. 1 John Here we go. 1 John 4, uh, verse 9. It says this, um, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. A lot of truth in those couple of verses. And I think there's about six things in those verses that I would say that are gospel distinctives. They're they're things that make Christianity, following Jesus, different than every religion teaches uh, in, in the world. And so I'm going to walk you through six things. I hope you can write these down, uh, jot them down wherever you'd like. Uh, but six distinctives of the gospel. What sets Christians apart from other religions? Um, obviously, we know the person of Jesus, but what about him? What about him and his gospel makes Christianity unique uh, to all other religions in the world? Number one, Jesus lived in history. Number one, Jesus lived in history. Jesus actually lived in history. Uh, the historical nature of Jesus is seen in the words among us. Did you catch that? In verse uh, uh, b- 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 9, it said, in, the, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. The love of God made manifest among us. That, that's Jesus, right? Uh, Jesus is the expression, the manifestation of God's love. Uh, and, and it says also a bit later, it says in, in verse 9 as well, it says that God sent His only Son Where? into the world, into time-space history, okay? Um, and <clears throat> the events of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are historical events. Uh, while this does not deny that the founders of other religions lived in history, uh, or that specific events in those religions are historical, it is to say that their being rooted in history is not as essential 
to the truthfulness of their claims as it is to Christianity. Possible exception would be Judaism, but that would be the closest thing. Most other religions are organized around teachings and practices, whereas Christianity is oriented to the actual saving work of a particular person, Jesus. If Jesus didn't live, if he didn't die on the cross, if he didn't rise from the dead in history, then Christianity is without any kind of foundation. Fact is, if, they, if someone proves that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, our faith is in vain, right? Whether or not Buddha or Muhammad lived in is not really essential to the truth claims that they made because they could have been made by anyone else. But Jesus is essential to Christianity. What he did, his, the historical uh, events um, in Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection are they're, they're, they're not things that Christians can waver on. Uh, the incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, these are uh, essential to Christianity. Um, second thing, all right, number two, God himself became flesh. God himself became flesh. John says that, he says it in verse 9. He says, <clears throat> his one and only son, uh, he says, um, in this love of God may manifest among us, God sent his only, one and only son into the world. Um, <clears throat> the picture here is that, that God himself became flesh. The words seem to indicate that this was not a mystical sense where being a part of like a divine oneness, we're all sons of God, not like that. Instead, Jesus is the son of God in a unique way. Uh, the word son implies they are of the same nature. Thus, Jesus is uniquely of the same nature as God. He's not simply a representative or appearance or manifestation of God, but an incarnation of God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Christianity alone among world religions claims that God became uniquely and fully man uh, as Jesus did. And therefore, Jesus then is unique. He is able to know firsthand despair, rejection, loneliness, poverty, bereavement, torture, imprisonment. In fact, the cross he goes beyond all of those things to the worst human suffering and experience e even cosmic rejection by the Father. Um, pain that exceeds ours as infinitely as His knowledge and power exceeds ours. In His death, God suffers in love, um, identifying with the abandoned and the God forsaken. Why does He do that? Why does Jesus do that? Well, we know that. He did that because He came to rescue His creation, Right? Uh, he had to pay the penalty for our sins so that someday uh, he can end evil and suffering without ending us. And so um, God himself became flesh. Third thing, all right, number three, humanity is spiritually dead. Humanity is spiritually dead. I want to test you just a little bit here, okay? We're going to do, uh, we're going to create a, a kind of like a, uh, I don't know, a, like a, a meter here. All right, here, here's what we're going to do. Let's go. Let's go this way. Uh, let's go. I'm just going to do letters because you can't read my writing anyways. Okay. Bad, good, neutral. Okay. Bad, good, neutral. Humanity is spiritually dead. Let me ask you something. The religions of the world, what do the religions of the world say about humanity? 
Um, <clears throat> is, is what Christianity says about humanity different from the religions of the world? Um, let's, I mean, think about this for a second. Give me some religions and what they say about humanity. Anything? What's that? Okay, Catholicism, which would uh, kind of be in the, maybe in the vein of, of Christianity in some ways, sort of, uh, um, in the sense that they would claim to be Christians. Uh, they would be a little similar to what we're going to say, maybe, um, for the most part here, in terms of Protestants. How about another religion? Okay, good. Islam says we're neutral. If we do just a little bit more good than bad, then we, then we kind of end up on the good side, if Allah deems us that. Because He can't even negate a 51% righteous person at the end of the day. Even if you get on the scales that way, you're not guaranteed anything. So, um, so <clears throat> give me some more. Huh? Judaism, okay, yeah, okay, well, where's, where's Judaism? Right here. Maybe so. I, I, I would say, I would say maybe somewhere in here, maybe somewhere in here, kind of. Um, Judaism. Uh, let's see, let me look at my, I've got a spectrum right here to look at, a cheat sheet. Um, so, So yeah, may, may, maybe so, because we see the consistent failure, right, to, to live up to the God's law and standard. So we would say, ah, they're bad, but they constantly kind of, there are times when their faith is good, right, and, and, uh, and so forth. So what else? Give me some more. Okay, Mormonism. Kind of a piggyback off of Christianity in some ways, right, um, uh, in that they're going to say that they're going to go with Scripture as well. Just going to add to it, and uh, you come to different conclusions when you add to additional scriptures, right, and so forth. Um, any others? Buddhism. Okay. What does Buddhism say about humanity? All right. So um, Buddhism, uh, I would I would put that in kind of a monistic religion. Uh, so you'd have like um, Hinduism, Sikhism. Uh, Buddhism, uh, Sufism, the New Age movement, uh, all of those uh, would say um, there's kind of going to be a realizing uh, that our essence is the same as, as the oneness, so we're trying to realize and actualize that. Does that make sense? And so uh, there's somewhat neutrality uh, there, but we can, we, kinda, we, we, can, we move around a little bit, but we want to stay, stay in that sort of oneness in the flow of, yeah, what is, let, me, let me ask you this. What, where's Christianity on this thing? Right here. Where do you think it is? You're pointing. You're pointing over here? You're thinking over here? Well, how far? Maybe over here? Over here? How about over here? <laughs> yeah, it is, right? Christianity is unique here, right? Christianity says humanity is as bad off as it could possibly be. Why? Because humanity can't fix its own problem. Does that make sense? Humanity can't fix its own problem. Within humanity is no solution and no ability to come to solve this problem that it has. Uh, <clears throat> I, um, 
we see this in the passage when it says this. It says uh, in verse 10, it says, in this is love, not that we have loved God. Not that we love God. We didn't love God. The Bible makes that abundantly clear. That in our sinful nature, we rebel against God. Uh, but yet, the, it, in that passage, it also talks about an atoning sacrifice for sin. Or the propitiation for sin. It indicates that humanity is spiritually dead. Um, maybe Ephesians 2 would probably be a verse that we, we would hear pretty, quoted pretty often. For you are dead in your sins and transgressions. Right? Um, so... Um, while other religions agree that humanity has a problem to overcome, they also teach that we have the ability to fix it. It might not be an easy task, but humanity uh, is always fixable by the individual. Only Christians say that humanity, apart from God's transforming power, has absolutely no power to fix itself. Number four. Number four. God is holy. God is absolutely holy. God is absolutely holy. The implication behind God's requiring the severest of all penalties, death, as the payment for sin, is that God is absolute in respect to His holiness. God has no tolerance for sin. Uh, Hebrews, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The God of the Bible is, is absolute in this. Uh, you could read Psalm 5, verse 4, Isaiah 6, verse 3, 1 John 1, 5. Uh, such a concept of holiness is unique among the religions of the world. Many other religions do call God great, but they've either denied, diminished, or disregarded God's holiness in some way. Uh, I'll give you some examples of that. Um, to deny God's holiness is something akin to what monistic religions do uh, when they say of God that He's an impersonal oneness, that He's, as uh, the Tao Te Ching says, without all, beyond all metaphor. What does that mean? You can't describe the oneness, right? Uh, and so, thus, God's moral holiness is denied. Uh, God's holiness is diminished. When one looks at the means of salvation in religion, such as Islam that was mentioned a moment ago, um, theoretically, you could be righteous by being 51% righteous. But um, the Bible, on the other hand, says God requires 100% righteousness, right? Um, holiness can be disregarded. Um, anybody ever heard the Tao of Peace? Uh, in the book, uh, Diane Dreer says, In ancient China, to lead wisely meant to live wisely, to seek personal balance and integration with the cycles of nature. Uh, peace, uh, Lao Tzu realized, was an inside job. Only when we find peace within ourselves can we see more clearly, act more effectively, um, cooperating with the energies within and around us to build a more peaceful world. Um, so reconciliation between her and a holy God uh, really never becomes a consideration. It's completely disregarded in that sense. Does that make sense? Uh, so, um, all of that to say, the question throughout the Old Testament um, about God's holiness uh, is, how could a holy God remain perfectly just uh, and still forgive sinners? Um, John says in this passage that God demonstrated His love for us uh, by sending His Son and upholds his justice by offering him as an atoning sacrifice for their sin. So through Christ's sacrificial death, both God's love and justice are completely satisfied without diminishing his holiness, right? Or either, or his love. So um, God is absolutely holy. Five, we're getting there. Jesus conquered death. Uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus conquered death. Jesus' story doesn't end in defeat. Uh, with him in a grave, Jesus rises physically from the grave. Uh, 
First Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. No other person in history has made such a claim. Jesus' victory over death means victory for his followers as well, which is why John wrote the words, what did he write just a second ago that we read? That we might live through him. That's what John writes. Paul says that we have been united with him in his death, and one day we'll be united with him in his resurrection. So Jesus conquers death. And lastly, number six, uh, salvation is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. It's not free in that it didn't cost anything, um, but it is free to the person who will repent and believe. John writes, it's not that we loved him, but he loved us. Uh, notice that direction of love. Is it, is it us to God? No. It's God to us, right? Not that we loved him, but that he loved us. God loved us. It's going from God to us. Who would have ever thought that God would love humanity despite their rebellion? Paul says in his letter to the church at Rome, he says, for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified in his blood, or by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. So um, the idea that God is one who longs to be in relationship with us, uh, who have rebelled against him, uh, sets Christianity apart from all other ways to salvation offered in other religions. Uh, after all, um, are the gods of uh, other religions able to, to sustain a love like that? Uh, is the Brahmin, who's without attribute, able to love? Is the void of Buddhism uh, able to long to be in relationship? Has the God of the Quran, who is beyond all metaphors, demonstrated a love like this? Uh, I would say the answer to all those questions is no. Um, uh, this is unique to Christianity. Uh, to say that huma- humanity is way over here, and yet to say that God loves humanity is somewhat mind-blowing. I mean, it's, uh, it's an incredible thing um, to ponder uh, the love of God, right? <clears throat> it shows the foundation of salvation will be built on grace as well. The more we place confidence in our ability to save ourselves, the less assurance we have of our salvation. Um, <clears throat> So, let's kind of bring this to, to um, sharing the gospel, right? Now, when I was in, uh, when I came to, to Skyland, they were, they were doing an evangelism strategy called faith evangelism, all right? It's a, it's a deal where you have, uh, you memorize kind of an outline, right, of, of how to share the gospel. And you remember like, F is for faith, uh, it's accessible, uh, like uh, forgiveness, I'm sorry, forgiveness. And then A is for available, and then I is for it's impossible to get to God because of our sin. And then and T stands for, but you must turn from your sin. And, and H is for heaven, right? And so you see that. It's, uh, you probably have some kind of outline in your head that, that uh, maybe you've um, uh, kind of memorized to give you sort of a skeleton of things to, uh, to, be, able to be able to share when you have an opportunity to, to, to witness or uh, share the gospel with someone. So, um, 
so obviously what I just did was not like give you, you know, a thing to go, okay, well, first thing, the, the first thing that's different about Christianity, right, is that Jesus lived in history. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's not what we're doing right now. But, but I do, I, I want to encourage you to, to lean into saying, hey, how does this, how does the uniqueness of Christianity, how does it, um, how is it connected to how I share the gospel? Uh, because I think it's important for, for us to be able, when we are sharing the gospel, to say, hey, listen, Christianity is unique in this. Let me tell you what, what Christianity says about humanity and God's love. Because it is unbelievable to think that God loves sinners, but the Bible says that He does. Does that make sense? You know, I, I think sometimes we sort of stay on the surface level of the Romans road, you know what I mean? And, and we're like, man, i got to stay in my lane, Romans road, brother. I'm 323, 623, 5, 8, 10, 12. Brother, that gets me there. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, come on now, y'all do it. I do it too sometimes, right? Um, but but that, sometimes that's because we're a little intellectually lazy, right? And, and we're not willing to, just to, to continually re, kind of think about what are, the, what are some other things that are important when I'm sharing the gospel with somebody? Um, you know, <clears throat> um, I, think, uh, I think some of these things that we mentioned are, are some of those things. Uh, but I'd venture to say there's, uh, we, could, we could talk about grace, right? What are some things I didn't mention that are distinctives of the gospel maybe that, that you share when you're sharing the gospel? Think of any off the top of your head? We always talk about depravity, sinfulness, right? We always, we, haven't, we didn't talk about repentance and those distinctives, did we? Certainly a part of how we share the gospel. You must repent from your sins and turn. Likewise, you all perish, right? That's, um, what else? We didn't talk a whole lot about forgiveness, did we? I mean, it's a pretty big part of Christianity. You agree? I know I need forg- forgiveness. <laughs> what else? Anything else? Does it matter who Jesus is? Yeah, sure, sure it does. Sure it does. So do I need to be able to tell somebody and, and, and testify that Jesus is God if, if I mean, if I'm going to talk, have a conversation? Because they could ask me that. So I'm, yeah, absolutely. Where would I go? I know where I'd go. I mean, I'd probably, probably go to John's Gospel. You know, because it's got the John 1 passage, but even more than that, I'd probably, I'd probably hang a Roger right there and go to chapter 8 because I just preached it the other day. And uh, I'd talk about how before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was before Abraham. What could he possibly be saying other than the fact that he was God, right? Um, He existed before a guy who was thousands of years before that moment. Does that make sense? Anything else you can think of? What do you share? Talk about heaven? Talk about hell? Eternity, these things we talk about typically when we share the gospel, sure. What's scripture that we talk, what we used to talk about those things? Yeah. Good. Yeah, like a call, a call to personal cross. Yeah, from crucified with Christ. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. 
On what? Okay, yeah, okay. Sinlessness. He's the sinless sacrifice. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Excellent. He's the perfect sacrifice. I mean, he's, you know, I, I remember I was, um, just give you some times I shared the gospel with, with different folks that come to mind. But I remember when I was talking to a, um, a guy named Ben. He was, we were in Canada. We were in Alberta, Canada. Um, it's kind of left north or so over there. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know exactly where it is now. But uh, it's, uh, so we were, we were there at the university and we were just talking with college students. It was kind of after, um, I'm going to date myself a little here, but it was back when the Passion came out. Uh, you know, and, and so we were, we were kind of talking with folks and saying, Hey, look, why don't you come to the passion with us afterwards? And, uh, that was kind of our deal. We had, a, there was a meal and we were just hanging out with different folks, uh, from the university and then we we're going to go to the movies. And so I, I was connected with this guy named Ben and, uh, and Ben was, um, uh, he was Asian. Um, and we were having a conversation. Ben knew Zippo about Jesus. I mean, he knew nothing about the movie, the passion. He had no historical context for that in terms of what the Bible says uh, and so forth. So, so uh, you know, I mean, it was like a blank slate. Like, I literally said, hey, you want to come watch The Passion? And he's like, yeah, man, well, that sounds good to me. After we'd had a conversation, well, I, I said, I said, hey, man, well, it's about Jesus. You know who that is? And he goes, uh-uh. And I was like, wow, like, I get to talk to this guy about, okay, I'm going to tell you what the, like, the whole of the Bible and Jesus, like I've got like 10 minutes, we're about to go to the movies, right? Um, so I had, a, I had an opportunity to show up with somebody for the first time who had never heard about Jesus. I believe, and I may be wrong, but I believe probably on this campus, there's people that if you ask them, do you know who Jesus is? I bet there's a few people on this campus, even, even with technology, even with the internet at our fingertips still know very little to nothing about Jesus. So it's not a crazy thought that you could have this type of conversation. What do you do? So what I did, um, I, I did. I talked with him through the Old Testament. A lot of the time that I talked with him about was about the Old Testament. And I let him, I tried to lead him from literally the garden to all the way to Gethsemane. Uh, honestly, <laughs> like uh, tried to cover that range. And didn't talk about all those things, but tried to hit the high points. And, and uh, well, we talked about um, how this Jesus, who was God in the flesh, was going to die for sinful people like you and me so we could have salvation, so we could li- live with Him forever. And we went to the movie and, and uh, some awesome, awesome deal. He, um, I, I come out of the movies first to send in the uh, vestibule and He was coming out after me. And, uh, and he, comes, he comes out and he says, John, I want to be a Christian. I want to follow this Jesus. Unbelievable. It doesn't always go like that, right? I've had people slam the door in my face <laughs> when I would go knock on the door. Hey, I just want to tell you, oh, okay. All right, okay, great. Have a good day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that's not how it always goes, right? Uh, you know, but, um, but yeah, there's sometimes... There's that situation where you have no context, like this guy had no information about Jesus. There's other times where there's someone who has wrong information about Jesus, right? Like some of the things you guys said a second ago, like if you're a Mormon or if you're a Jehovah's Witness, you you might believe differently about Jesus. 
Is it significant difference? And the answer is yes. If we believe differently about Jesus, it's a big deal. I would also say this too, this might shock you. If we believe differently about the Holy Spirit, that's a part of the Godhead. That's a big deal. <laughs> we, we, do, we do need to, to know some things about that, that are, and be consistent there as well. Um, so, yeah, um, there's going to be all different kinds of opportunities. So sometimes there is a context of religion. So in those moments, we do. We want, we, it'd, be, it'd be great if we knew a little bit about what that religion is. Let me give you a book. Um, this book is called, it's by Dean Halverson. Um, I can't remember the name, the title of the book. It's like, uh, might be World Religions. I, I, I can't remember. But it's by Dean Halverson. Somebody look it up and, you'll, and Google it and then tell me what the book is. Um, but it's a great book. Uh, I, uh, I'd highly recommend it to you. It's a book that has, uh, if you're maybe, there, maybe there's somebody in here who says, hey, I've been sharing the gospel with someone who's, who's uh, Buddhist or someone who's a Muslim or, or, uh, or whatnot. Uh, maybe a secularist, you know. But this, this would be a good book for you to read and, and, and check out what he says. He basically has all, he does all the religions of the world. He shares a little about those religions. And then he talks about things that are important in sharing the gospel uh, in terms of those religions of the world. Yeah. I don't think that's it. Um, maybe the compact guy. Is it green? Let's see. Let's see the picture. You got a picture? Yeah, that's it right there. Compact God. There you go. That's it. I, I would recommend that one uh, as, a, as a resource to you, okay? Like I said, it has new, uh, a lot of the religions that you would encounter in, in sharing the gospel, and he's going to give you some tips about uh, maybe some things to say and not to say in those situations. So my time's about up. Oh, yeah, it's up. Sorry. Here we go. Questions and answers? Any, any of that? Or, or we, okay, sure. Awesome. Be friendly to our people on the other side of the room. All right, so Q&A time. Yeah, so you have two options for asking a question. You can just ask it out loud, um, but also uh, if you would prefer to text in the question, that number there on the screen uh, is an option for you, and it will go uh, right to my phone here. And uh, like I always try to preface, I can't promise that we'll answer every question. Um, we'll do our best, and I may combine a couple together, but uh, we will do our best to get through them. And so uh, while anyone's texting in a question, is anybody just kind of out there have a question you want to ask John regarding? Yeah, in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a teacher here? Okay, yeah. Um, I think I... Did you write a book called The Jewish Experience? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know him. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, I... I, uh, I 
I'm glad you shared that. You know, I, I actually called him. I was teach, when I was teaching world religions, I called him. I, I was like, you know, one of the things I don't want to do when I teach a class is I don't want to make like straw man arguments, you know, about different faiths. And, uh, um, and so, yeah, so I called him up and I said, hey, I'd love for you to teach on Judaism when we have that day, you know, and um, love to hear you lecture about that and, and, uh, and hear what your definition of what, you know, what some words are, because I think that's, it's pretty interesting, you know, when you talk about cultural Judaism and, um, you know, it's such a weird thing that you have this ethnic people that's connected to this, this and so forth. It's just an interesting way to communicate. So, um, I had a student in my class not long after that that is, is a girl who's Jewish and I had a lot of conversation with her and she was actually, <laughs> this is awesome, she was teaching Youth at a Baptist church, weird, bad. Um, and uh, how sad is that? Like, she didn't believe in Jesus. How, <laughs> what are you? I don't, I don't, but she knew a lot about the Old Testament, so we, they made her, the te- they, like, helped her, let her help teach. It was just so weird. Um, anyways, but uh, I, um, I talked with her a good bit about her, about her faith, just about what's your hang-up with Jesus? I, that's really what I made the conversation kind of go to a lot when I was talking to her. And like, what, what is it about Jesus that you don't see him being the Messiah? Uh, it, you know, because there is a lot, I mean, he obviously he fulfills, we could talk about how he fulfills all these things and the chances of that happening are like one in a zillion, you know, or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Josh McDowell talks a lot about that. Um, but uh, for me, I, 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 I kind of talked to her about that a good bit. And her answer was pretty interesting. I never heard this before. She said, um, so the reason why I don't believe in Jesus is because Jesus didn't bring the people back to Jerusalem. Jesus didn't bring the Jewish people back to Jerusalem. That we're still away from our land. And He hasn't given us our land. And I was like, well, good news. He's going to do that. (laughs) It just hasn't happened yet. It's in the back part in Revelation, right? There's going to be this new heaven and this new earth, and they're going to come together, this new Jerusalem, right? And 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 I was like, this is great. And of course, I mean, she wasn't quite on board with all that, but... But, uh, but anyways, that was for, for, for her, you know, her hang up. I witnessed to a Jewish guy on a plane one time and uh, tried to talk to him about just the Gospels uh, and so forth. And I really, he, it was, he wasn't really as open uh, to talk about it. But, but I, I do remember uh, him talking a lot about um, issues with the text of the New Testament that he had and so forth. And, and uh um, so anyways, that was, that's a few conversations I've had with folks, similar background, maybe, um, any other folks witness to a Jewish, Jewish person that like, shed some light on that? Oh, yeah. I've got some questions over here. Okay. Fire away. Um, a lot of questions, so I'm trying to filter here, uh, or combine <laughs> together, I should say. Uh, the easy uh, ones first, please. Uh, yeah, I think we only yeah. have time for those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, here, here's a good one. So this person, oops, let me go back. Here we go. Um, what are some verses or things to talk about with a person who thinks that works are what get you to heaven, even if they say they're a Christian? But do you have any kind of just verses that come to mind or pointers about yeah. showing someone works aren't what get us to heaven? Right, yeah, I would probably... Probably talk about Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? Uh, it's not by works you've been saved, but it's grace through faith. 
Um, it's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, right? And so I would talk, I'd talk about that. Um, uh, I, I, you know, we go back to Catholicism, you know, we talk about uh, kind of a means of grace and so forth as opposed to Im, uh, uh, imputed righteousness, and, you know, which is what we, we, we would affirm. Like, uh, there's, there's some conversations there I think that are really important, you know, uh, that come to mind in, in witnessing opportunities I've had with folks. And um, I remember a guy who left our church one time and, and it said, hey, I'm, I've become a Catholic. And uh, it was because was he was going to marry a Catholic. And, uh, and so I was like, well, really, like, what? You know, you didn't even talk to me. Like, I've been a good friend for a long time. And, uh, and you're a youth minister and so forth. But uh, didn't mention it to me. But, anyways. Um, it was like, well, it's, just not, it's not a big deal. There's not much difference. I was like, do you know how many people have died <laughs> over something you're saying is not much difference? Like, you do know what happened during the 1500s, 1600s, right? I mean, uh, like, anyways, I, I mean, to say there's nothing there is, is hogwash. You know, I think, you, uh, I think there are some, some works-based thinking there. Uh, that when you merge, like, I need to do this, this, and this as my means of grace to earn favor and so forth, that, that to me is, is weird um, and, and wrong uh, as opposed to what Christ has done. The finished work of Jesus, uh, what He did on the cross is finished, and we don't add to it uh, with any sacrament. Um, so, anyways, those are... Most of the time, for me, it's not like somebody saying, my work saved me. It's, it's somebody believing things, maybe something like that, where in my opinion, that is a work, uh, where I would say circumcision, New Testament, Paul says, uh, anything you add to the gospel makes it no gospel at all, right? That's what it says. Uh, I would, I would say very similarly, uh, adding works in all, in any way is, is making it no gospel at all. I'll go ahead and bring, uh, read one here and then we can have it out loud if you have one out there, but this person asked, uh, how would you share the gospel with someone who confesses Christ and believes intellectually, but their lifestyle says otherwise? Yeah. Um, that's tough. I, I, uh, I, I would, I, I believe we have to hold strong conviction, right? And deep compassion in those moments, but strong conviction about what Scripture clearly teaches. Uh, I think we want to be clear with what we're saying is wrong with their life. Like, we want to be above reproach, right? Uh, we don't want to be committing, you know, I mean, obviously, Scripture says to, to judge not lest you be judged. That doesn't mean that we, we don't, like, examine fruit of people's lives, right? It simply means I, uh, I, I, I can't say something about this person when I'm doing just the opposite. Does that make sense? Uh, so, um, so that's what I would, I would say to that would be, uh, I would, I would say, Hey, what's this like, scripture teaches this clearly, this is sin. Like, uh, you know, and, and, and wrestle with them with, with, with scripture, you know, about what, about those passages that are, that are clear about that particular sin. Um, I, I do think we have a tendency to, um, make other people's sin bigger than our own, you know? 
um, in, in doing that a lot of times. I'd be careful we do that with humility, right? And uh, yeah, and season our words with salt there. But 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 I do think we should do. I think we should share words. You know, help our brother or sister who's struggling. Mm-hmm. Any questions out there? I got a few more here, but anyone out there? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Right, right, right. You can only, I would say this, and this is what, I think it's Richard uh, Cavendish said this, I think, he, he said you can only compare religions to religions. Like, you, I mean, so I, I, I say those things are distinctives because I look at other religions and see that there are other religions that don't believe these things. Does, it, does that make sense? Um, yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Christianity, it, it's unique in some ways. Secularism, unique in some ways. Is that what you're saying? Like, is uniqueness the goal? Like, uh, is that the end? Yeah, were you want to say something? A distinctive to a truth. Scripture. Like what I said at the beginning would be, what is the Bible? I mean, for Christianity, I mean, Bible is the authority, right? So I would say, if Scripture teaches it, and it's, and it, then that's what we believe to be true. And, uh, and those things that are, that are true and unique to other religions would be distinctive things. Does that make sense? Right, okay, yeah. Like a, yes, I got you, I got you. Yeah, like, well, I mean... That's a, that's a, I, I like that thought. Um, so, how do we not give a circular argument? Maybe is that what you're asking? Right. Yeah. Sure. That's a human book. Whatever. Right. Somebody's not going to believe what you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, um, that's yeah. That that's. Situation you had to depend on the Holy Spirit, I guess. I mean, I, 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 you know, we believe the Word of God is true, and I, I don't think it's um, trying to think of the uh, um, oh man, there's an illustration I, I, I always share in class, but I can't think of it. Um, but it, but it just talks about how uh, Christianity is not based on a circular argument, um, it, it's but on historical events, like we, we don't just um, say the Bible is true and then say, 
because we think so. Does that, does that make sense? Uh, so I, I see what you're saying, but I think there's a lot to be said there, and I can't, I can't remember the, um, the illustration that I normally share when someone asks that. All right, this one is, uh, what's the best approach to take when trying to witness to someone who thinks they already believe the same thing you do? So like Mormons specifically, who would maybe maybe use the same words, but they mean different things. Like what are, what's some advice you would give to share with someone like that? Yeah, probably that book that I mentioned a while ago would be a good one, I think, to start. Uh, um, I, th- I think it is, I, I think it is, anytime you have a conversation with someone, it's a gospel conversation, and you think you... You would you could have another conversation uh, with them. I think it's wise to know their kind of worldview and study a little bit to uh, kind of see what those uh, words that they're using might mean that you may not realize. You know, I mean, uh, even simple words like karma that you know I think some people kind of think of a, a natural definition of that, but I think if you really look a little deeper, you'll see that it's a little bit different than what you thought. Um, so, uh, anyways, I. I but that takes, that takes doing research and, and, and so forth to, to be able to know those things. So, All right, I'll do one more from the phone, and then if y'all have any out there. Um, here's one. I'll paraphrase here. But how do you balance being respectful while also being truthful when sharing with someone of another religion? Yeah, so what I, what I do practi- practically uh, when someone is sharing their faith with me uh, I, I just simply say, oh, that's interesting. Um, that makes sense? Like, that's interesting. Because I am interested in what they're saying. Uh, I, um, so I try, to, I try to acknowledge, hey, that's, that's interesting. Um, but I don't, obviously don't believe like them. So uh, I don't want to say, oh, that's exactly right. You know, I mean, I can't say that, right? Oh, yes, good. That's great. Awesome. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's not what I'm... So I just try to say something kind uh, like that, a, a phrase like that, that, that will let them continue to share, and I want to continue to listen to what they have to say, uh, and not just fake listen, you know what I mean, <laughs> um, which is easy to do, but, uh, but actually listen to what they're saying. And, um, and interesting is a word that kind of lets them continue to, to share, and feel free to do so. Questions say. out there? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Jesus, um, I would say, uh, would be the main thing there. Um, like, uh, you know, Jesus is going to be the one who, um, you, who, who's going to be on the scene, and these writers are going to write about Jesus, right? Uh, and um, the reason I would say, because Scripture in the New Testament, you see Revelation, John says, anyone who adds to or takes from these words of mine, so forth. So, I think, I think Scripture says it's finished um, of itself at that point. Um, and uh, so that would be the difference for me. It would be like uh, Old Testament really leads to Jesus as the central figure, uh, even though it's kind of shadows and so forth. Uh, but 
then Jesus comes and the gospel writers are writing about him. And uh, of course, Paul and uh, other apostles too. But, uh, but then the canon is pretty clear when John writes at the end of Revelation that, that it's, the canon's closed at that point. Uh, so I also, for me, a big thing is, is it, is it, uh, um, does it teach consistently what the other, what, that, that's the test of canonicity anyways, is like, does it measure up with these? Like, for, for example, the biggest issue that I see with the Mormon Bible is that uh, there's a difference in who God is, right? God is from everlasting to everlasting in the, in the Bible, but in the Book of Mormon, he had a beginning and so forth. So that so there's something just an example of something I think isn't consistent there. So but um all right, a few more here and then we can take any more out there. Um what do you say to somebody who doesn't really believe in anything or who maybe even thinks that we can't even know what's true? Any tips for sharing with someone like that who's like I'm not even yeah. sure if we can know what's true. Not sure why I believe, what I believe because I, I'm not even sure we can even discover truth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that would be like a what you'd call skepticism or um, uh, just you know can't know anything. Um, I don't know. I think all I think skepticism is a pretty self-refuting argument. Um, uh, and <clears throat> I, because I believe in absolute truth, so I would I would have to say like uh, there are some things that I know are true just by um, by being in this room. We can say the doors, you know, the doors white, and somebody can say it's blue. Somebody's wrong, and somebody's right. Uh, for me, absolute truth is um, is not, and, and truth is not rooted in it's not in me. It's uh, it's. It's outside of me. Um, it's, it's, all, it's always weird when people say it's my truth and that's your truth and so forth uh, because I think truth is true, always. So, yeah, To say there is no truth is a truth claim in itself. To that's say, right. Yeah. So <laughs> it is. It's uh, self-refuting. All right, last question from the phone, and we'll open it up to you all, and we'll, we'll be done after that. Um, this person asked, uh, when sharing the gospel with people from other faiths, but you see that the conversation is going nowhere, even after you've shared the gospel with them, how do you follow through? And maybe where do you take the conversation after that? Say, say it one more time. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you're sharing the gospel with somebody from, other, from another faith uh, and you see the conversation is going nowhere, even after you share the gospel, how do you follow through or what maybe some advice uh, for what you can do in conversation after that? Well, I would I would pray. Uh, I would spend time in prayer for that person. Um, I, uh, I I truly believe that um, people really do go to heaven or hell. Um, I believe the Bible clearly teaches that, and so I think um, uh, I I definitely spend time in prayer, and I definitely want to pursue more conversation with them if that was possible. But I do think there's a point where which people, you know. Um, where we have to, uh, hey, they've rejected what I wanted to share, and that's that's fine. I mean, uh, um, but I could just have to move on to the next person that I would share with, you know, at that point. Uh, but 
but I don't, I don't think we, you know, uh, I don't think we should, you know, bombard people, you know, forever and keep hammering them, hitting them over the head with the Bible or anything like that. You know, I think it's, we just love people and point people to the truth and, uh, you know, um, I think a lot of that is just kind of uh, letting the Spirit lead you, you know, so. Any other questions you all have out there? All right. Well, y'all thank John for being with us.